Hey, it's Dr. Whitney. I'm an author, a coach, and a mama to two growing girls. Yep, I do it all. Well, actually, that's not true. I used to do it all. Now, I only really do the things that matter most to me. If that feels too good to be true, it's not. Here's the thing. Before I became a mom, I was totally thrilled with the idea of doing everything and being everything to everyone. I was told that if I just kept swimming, everything would work out fine. But I was dead wrong. Hustle culture, perfectionism, and the endless hamster wheel of work mom life weighed me down. That feeling of never giving enough but having absolutely no more to give brought me to my knees. My first daughter, who was diagnosed with autism this year, was an endless well of needs. My relationship with my husband was full of more resentment than love. Our second daughter felt left in the dust and told me one day she thought I didn't love her. But I couldn't get off the roller coaster of my working mom life. I was heartbroken, but I was also exhausted and hardly ever the joyful present mom or career woman I always thought I'd be. Making time for activities that fed my soul on a regular basis? <laughs> what time for that? And as a result, I wasn't as effective at my job. I didn't show up as my best self at the office. My performance suffered at home and at work. Do you identify with that? To feeling completely overwhelmed and overworked? To drowning in mental clutter and a sea of stress? To wishing you had more to give at the office and at home? That was me burnt out and ready to call it quits until I decided I couldn't juggle that demand, those heavy burdens of life, of motherhood in the workplace without a sustainable system I could use to get off and stay off the hamster wheel. So I created a framework that worked for me, but also for all the other caregivers I connect with in my clinic and online. And now I coach career-focused caregivers to organize their stress and clear their mental clutter so they can live purposeful, aligned lives. I help overwhelmed moms get off the work-life home hamster wheel so they can be the parents, partners, people, and professionals they always dreamed they'd be. Are you ready to live a more joyful, productive, and mentally uncluttered life? To give more without draining yourself? To spend your time, energy, and focus on what matters most to you so you can thrive and everyone around you can too? Then go to modernmommydoc.com and click on coaching so you can be part of the momversation. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full time pediatrician and a full time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself.
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast. We're so glad to have you with us. Today, we're talking with Sandra Abdallah, Sandy Abdallah. She is the CEO at MAM USA, and I'm so happy to have her here. We're going to talk all about creating culture that is positive for families, that's family-focused. We're going to talk about MAM and what they offer, how they support moms, how they promote breastfeeding, and how they promote healthy connections between families and their babies. So welcome, welcome to the show, Sandy. Thank you, Whitney. Excited to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay, so tell us first a little bit about who you are, about kind of what your background is, why you chose to be in your role at MAM, and who MAM is. Yeah, yeah. So I have been in consumer goods over 20 plus years. I was at L'Oreal for 15 years, spent a good portion in a host of different roles there. And then I left L'Oreal to go run a Really what it was was three acquisitions and merging them into one at was Global Brands Group, became Centric, spent about two and a half years there and got a call in regard to MAM. And it always happens when you're not looking, right? And I just had such a deep connection with everyone I met with. It was the most organic process meeting wise. And I believe in this brand. And I think that's really what's important to me. Anything that you're representing, you authentically have to, you know, connect with it. So it was an easy decision. And here I am. It's been about two and a half years. Time flies when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I run North America, you know, have a team here in New York and a team spread, you know, in different parts of the country, depending on where the retailers are. So yeah. Awesome. And tell us, for those who aren't familiar with the brand itself, with MAM, tell us what you provide. I know, but I want people to hear about it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, so MAM has been around for 46 years. It is an Austrian brand, still family owned and operated, which is so important Mm -hmm. with this type of product because Every single thing we do, we do it to perfection. Yeah. And we're very specific. We're not a company who, you know, launches every year. So our core pillars are soothers, pacifiers. We have, you know, five different franchises, but we are the number one brand here globally as well. Baby bottles. Our key baby bottle is our Easy Star Anti-Colic, which is so spectacular. Then we also have breast pumps. We also have oral care, teethers, etc. Yeah. I was actually, when I was looking through your catalog of, of products that you offer, I was the most excited actually about the teethers and like the little toothbrushes because I am always so surprised as a pediatrician. I'm always, of course, picking the brains of other specialists when I go see them. So when I would go to take my kids when they were babies to the dentist, I would ask them like, is there some magic product that you can tell me about that will help my baby actually let me get in their mouth? Because parents come to me all the time and say, I have such a hard time actually brushing their teeth. And so I love that you guys have some unique products that are actually aimed at trying to get in there. You know, Whitney, thank you for that. You know, I just from a personal standpoint, I remember 
not even taking my kids to the dentist until they were two, because I didn't know. And I think as moms, these are not things that you just think like, oh, they don't have teeth or they don't have a full mouth. They don't need to go. You're actually supposed to start taking care at birth and, you know, because of the milk and wiping it down. And so I have to tell you, this is a huge priority for us in 2023, 2024, because it's my obligation as a parent and as this brand to do a better job educating parents about this. Like you said, you didn't, you're a doctor, you didn't even know. So think about all us regular moms out there. And our product is amazing because it really teaches the child how to do it, how parents can help. And it's a collaborative effort until they're ready to do it on their own. So we have different stages as they grow. Yeah. Well, and that's important too, because I definitely did not clean my kids' gums right from the very beginning. I mean, just being honest, like I, I think I, I didn't like, I knew the policy, but again, it was like too hard. I was doing all the other things. If I'd had something that would have made it easier, that would have helped me and my child. Because what actually happened is I went to my own pediatrician who is a partner in my office and said, Hey, my 18 month old, I'm basically having to like get her in a knuckle, like sandwich, like you get her in a Nelson hold, full Nelson hold and like get in there. Like, get in there. Head, and she's really traumatized every single time. And I said, you know, do you have any tips or tricks? And she's like, no, that's what you have to do. And my philosophy has always been with kids. Of course, I want them to be, I want to do the preventative care. I want to help them, but I want it to be so that you're not making it so that something that's so good for them becomes a terrible chore and that they hate it. it A forced effort. And that's fundamentally what we believe. If you start this off as an early habit, it's just natural. I will confess, I didn't do it with my first one. To be honest, he had two cavities at the age of four, Mm -hmm. right? Because I didn't know and I probably took him to the dentist. Now my daughter is like constantly, she's flossing, she's doing it all. So it's our obligation to educate and to help parents and to make it a fun experience. Yeah. And what I saw on your website was that, of course, you have your products, but that you also have a lot of educational resources for parents. So to that end of trying to make it so that you're actually meeting families where they are and, of course, promoting the things that you're selling. But it looks to me like you're really focused as a company on making sure people actually know the information that they need to know to be successful. Thank you for bringing it up. I can tell you this is what's so special about working for a family-run global business. Mm -hmm. It isn't just about selling product. It is a family's belief to really help parents. Parenting is hard. So we want to help you provide information wherever you are in the journey of a parent, whether you're celebrating milestones or whether you're even considering having children. And that's really important to us as a brand. It's not just about products. It's about being a resource hub and helping just answer some questions. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I want to ask you about what I saw. I saw a, a little gif or a little picture of you. You were on another podcast and you, the title of the podcast was CEO Sandy Abdallah leads ma'am to be a family first company. So it sounds like in terms of your consumer facing efforts, of course, that's family first to think about resources, but how are you making it a family first company for your employees, for everyone who works for ma'am? Talk to me about that. So one of 
the reasons that I struggled in different roles was because I had to separate my identity. I had to be the strong-willed woman who was showing up, who didn't have any personal interests, hobbies outside of work. And I struggled with it. I struggled personally when I was married. And for me, as I moved up the corporate ladder, one thing that I realized is we have to allow people to bring their authentic selves to work. And whether Mm -hmm. that's an athlete, whether that's a parent, because you get the most out of your team when they can be who they are. It's okay. My daughter comes on half my Zoom calls. You know, we're constantly like, oh, I just got a call from the school. My founder, who is in Vienna, my COO, literally arranges their calendars based on when I have to drop my kids off at school. And for me, it creates it creates a commitment. It creates an opportunity for people to feel more invested. You're not good at work unless you're good at home fundamentally believe that. Because then when you're at work, you're not thinking about it. You're thinking about all the other things. So if I can just allow people the freedom and the flexibility and the ability to be like, guess what? My kid's sick. Just kind of what we were talking about before we started this. It's okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. because things come up. I can tell you that in my prior lives in different organizations, I really struggled with this. And so many parents struggled with this. And I saw a woman leaving the workforce because of it. And it fundamentally bothered me. And it's one of the reasons that I took this job because it was something I talked a lot about in, you know, the interview process. And it's something two and a half years that I'm really happy and proud of, you know, creating this environment and creating this ability to be flexible. Yeah. So tell me about the components that you've put into place or about the culture you've created. What are some of the more specific things that you do to support caregivers? It sounds like flexibility and kind of that common understanding that, hey, if there's an emergency, we get it. You might have to reschedule a meeting, that type of thing. Is there anything beyond that that you feel you're really proud of that you guys have done? Yeah. So I would tell you this. I think that, you know, we tend to use this term work-life balance. I don't believe in balance, Mm -hmm. right? Because that means it's 50-50, right? We We can all agree to that. It's all you know, if you think about it, it goes in ebbs and flows. There's times when we're preparing for board meetings. There's times where, you know, we have a retailer presentation where we're all in. And then there's times where it's a little bit slower. My motto is, I don't care if you're sitting on the beach. I don't care if you're at the daycare. Just get it done. Get it done. Right. And I think some of the things that we have incorporated, we just moved into beautiful space in New York City. And, you know, we've created flexibility, not only in the days that you can be there, but in the times and the hours and allowing people to say, you know, I got to drop my kids off. I can't start meetings till 10 or I don't want to deal with, you know, the rush hour. So three o'clock and it's all flexible. I believe in providing a framework. And then there's flexibility within the framework. So the hours are one. You know, another thing that we do is a no meeting zone Friday Mm -hmm. so that you have time to go to the dentist. You have time to take your kids, do things so that this day you don't have to worry about getting bombarded with meetings. You can just put your head down, do that type of work, or you can schedule all those things that sometimes you can't. 
Yeah. I mean, to me, that's actually, it's about trust. It's about hiring people and instilling in people. I care that the work gets finished. I trust that you will find the way to get it done in a way that works for you. And if you can't, then of course, maybe you're not the right fit for the organization if you can't actually get the work done. So I think we're not talking about like, it's a free for all. You just get to do whatever the heck you want to do and not, not, you know, perform, but that, that we can trust that women who are amazing at like juggling a lot of things can actually do it really well if they're given agency to do it in a way that works for them. You know, I love that you use the word trust because that's one of my trigger words, right? Mm -hmm. It's a trigger word because there's so much depth to it and has so much meaning. And you have to trust until you give me a reason not to trust, right? So I think that's precisely it. You know, someone once asked me, how do we recruit? What's important to join the, the MAM company? I will tell you, our number one priority is culture. We can teach anyone anything. We will help you. But if you can't embrace this culture and won't be a fit within this environment, then it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's interesting because whether we're interviewing someone for a finance role, we have every single function meet with them. Because mm-hmm. you have to be able to work collaboratively. We want to make sure that the integration would be there, that connection. So for us, that's the number one thing we look for. Is this the right cultural fit? Yeah. What advice would you give? to women who aren't in such a supportive culture like yours, who are maybe they have a supportive manager or they are a manager in their, in their job, but it's not coming from the top. Like the CEO is not having all of these discussions. You know, I'm thinking about a lot of the banks that told people like kind of mid pandemic or like quote unquote kind of end of the pandemic, like, okay, get back to the office or back to the office. Yeah. Do you have any advice for those women who are trying to climb the corporate ladder? They care about their careers, but they also are starting to realize like wellness matters. They will actually be able to perform better if they're taking better care of themselves. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because this was a big topic when I was at L'Oreal and I, you know, I worked on some transformation there and, you know, one of the big learnings was we have to set our own boundaries Mm -hmm. and we have to trust them, right? If a company says, you have to return five days a week and you know you just cannot do it, you have to be willing to say, this is what I can do and this is how I'm going to offset and you have to trust me, exactly. And I think that if you, listen, at the end of the day, we all just want results. If you can deliver the results and prove it out, It's that. And maybe you just ask for it as a test for a period of time and you align. But for me, I've heard of so many women in particular, men too, but afraid to speak up. And in fact, it's quite the opposite. We want our teams to speak up because that's what we pay you to do, to have an opinion. So have an opinion about yourself. Trust in yourself and trust what you're bringing to the table. Right. I I know we all say everyone's replaceable, but it's a lot harder finding someone new than it is investing in the great resource you have. Yeah, absolutely.
Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned as you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. You know, I've been doing some research for a presentation we're doing for a medical company for for a group of physicians, and it's about provider burnout, and it's about providers who are women and what's happened to them during the pandemic. And we have so many more women who are physicians that are leaving the workforce in mass in like the pediatric space, in OBGYN, and in family medicine. And it's interesting because those aren't actually the ones that in the pandemic you would think would have been affected the most. In my mind, you would think it'd be emergency room doctors, intensive Mm -hmm. care unit doctors, all these people that were watching people literally die in front of them, right? Yeah. And this article that I was reading as I was doing research, it was from Forbes, was talking about this idea of women, more women being in those fields, in OBGYN, in pediatrics, in family medicine, and then that for women who are working in that intense, intense space where they're having to really be in charge of families' expectations, take on a lot of the emotional burden, especially during the pandemic where it was heightened, But then having that second shift at home, where then Mm. they went home and were responsible for all the work when they were there, that that just became so maddening to so many physicians, female physicians in particular, who are highly skilled, highly trained, put in all the time for the education, paid all the money for the student loans, just like their male counterparts, you know, and were somehow like, it came to light even more. It was like even more of an aha moment that they were getting duped in your organization or for you personally, how have you managed that cultural expectation of the double shift either for your employees or for yourself? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was, you say double shift. I say that it's actually four to five shifts a day. This morning, I'll give you a perfect example Woke up at 5.30 and, you know, I'm, I'm working with a global company, Europe, and, you know, the emails are going. Seven o'clock, the kids wake up. My husband has already left for work because he had an early meeting. So I had to get two kids ready for school, right? This is shift two. Two kids ready for school. Lunch is packed. By the way, they go to two different schools. Get them to two different schools, right? Then come home get myself ready for a work day, right? And then at four o'clock, I'm on shift number three where they're home prepping for dinner, doing whatever. And then they go to bed and I'm on shift four, which is back at work. So, you know, I always, for me, I I allotted in, in four shifts. But what I will say is, it's interesting, this week was the first week that we were back at the office because we hadn't moved offices. Monday, I went in and I came home after being there a full day. Transpar- I'm being fully transparent with you. I was wiped. 
Mm-hmm. wiped. And then I had my child, my two children, one is five and, and one is seven, but the five-year-old, mommy, I haven't seen you all day, you know, mm-hmm. and just, can you play with me? Can you, and you know, I want to be present, right? So that involves this. And I'm like, I just need five minutes to transition. I need five minutes or 10 minutes. I just need a transitional point. So to be honest, it's something that I personally have to work through because we've been remote for so long that Mm -hmm. this transition was easier. But now physically being into an office, coming home and having to be fully, fully on after, you know, especially, you know, sitting in my chair, everyone wants to talk to you. You're like going to the bathroom. Someone's chasing after you, which is okay. It's what comes. You know, I always say that it's a privilege. But it's this transition, and honestly, I'm a work in progress on it. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. And, you know, I had it down with the four shifts when it was fully remote, but I have to figure out this formula for me. And, you know, I one of the thoughts that I had was maybe I just need to leave a half an hour earlier and walk home and use that time to just decompress, right? That was kind of the thought that I had, and so I'm going to try that and, and see if I'm any better. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, first of all, thank you for your honesty, because I think there's a lot of female leaders who would like feel the need to shine it on to put it like, oh, yeah, no, I also have that all dialed in, you know, and I think that it's a work in progress for all of us at Modern Mommy Doc. Our entire framework is built around trying to help moms organize their stress and cope with their stress so that they can create a life they don't need to regularly escape from or recover from. I love it. And this idea that we deserve to have a life we don't have to recover from (laughs) all the time, you know, just like our male counterparts and not to be stereotypical. There are plenty of men who have stress as well, but it's just a little different for female leaders and for women in the workforce. And yet I came home the other day and my daughter was like, I need a you day all day long. My six-year-old, I, I want to spend all day long with you. It's mommy daughter day. I'm like, okay, great. I took her to the roller rink. I took her to breakfast. I took her to get her ballet outfit for her new little class that she started. You know, I did all that. I came home and then she goes, well, we need to have dinner, just us together. I'm like, oh my God. I just need five minutes. Yeah, please give me five minutes. There's a couple things that I do in that moment and I am not, no one's perfect at it. One, I give myself so much self-compassion of like, I bet I'm not alone in this. I I could, you know, Sandy's feeling this way. I'm feeling this way. My neighbor's feeling this way. Everybody's feeling this way. I also have really learned in those moments where I'm feeling highly stressed and I want to connect with my child so badly at the end of a busy day or at the end of a busy week, but I almost find myself resentful at my child and angry with my child that she needs me so much. You're nodding. I'm assuming this has happened to you as well. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Having to be fully present and when, yeah, your phone is going off, your head's a mile a minute and you're like, wait a minute, I'm just angry that you need this time for me because I need this time for X. I get it. Exactly. So I have a partner, my, my husband works full time too, but he was home on the weekend and we've developed a communication system where even though I'm kind of the she fault parent, as Eve Rodsky talks about a lot in her work and we're working on that, that I look him in the eye and say like, this is the moment, this is the moment that I need you to step in. 
I want to love this child so badly and I'm at risk of losing it with her on a day when I'm really trying so hard to connect with her. Can you please take over for a minute? And then he'll do something wild and crazy to like shift her attention basically to him. It's great. It's great. It is. It's a partnership and you need that. Yeah, totally. The third thing I do, because sometimes even our partners, either you don't have a partner or your partner hasn't yeah. stepped into their power of stepping up. I mean, we have plenty of moms and modern mommy docs, so that has not happened yet. So I'm not going to pretend like we all live in a fantasy world is reaching out to other moms who are in the same boat as you. I mean, I don't know if you have a support group or like a board or a, a coaching group that you reach out to, but I have a group of women that I can bounce things off of to yes. say like, gosh, am I, you see me all the time. Am I like really diving way too headlong into work right now? Do I need to back up? Am I creating this? And getting that reassurance of like, no, you're fine. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. just a reset, just a level set. You know, the other thing that I was going to say, because I went through this, my husband was traveling and, and I was alone and I was at that point where you were, where I'm mm-hmm. about to lose it. And I said, you know what, mommy just needs a timeout for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I went in the room and I just kind of sat there and took a couple deep breaths and, you know, and I came back out. And sometimes it's just simple as saying mommy needs a timeout, you know, and and they get it. Yeah, they do get it. I also think our kids are capable. I'm going to put my pediatrician hat on resilience wise and that it's good for them to get gentle truths back to them. Mm -hmm. So I would never say to my daughter, well, mommy has work. And so, you know, she has to work. She needs, sorry, but like, you know, get over here, get on the side. (laughs) Mommy has to work. I may have said that today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I do tell her like, mom has to work right now. So you need to wait for me. But I I would never say to her, my work's more important than you. More than you are. Of course. You know what I mean? That type of thing, right? I know you would never either. Yeah, But I will say very directly to her, you know, mommy wears a lot of hats. Mommy is a mom to your sister. She's a food buyer. She's a house cleaner. Mm -hmm. She's a school taker to person. Like I do a lot of things and I have to sometimes take care of myself because that helps me take better care of you. Our kids then, can handle that. They can handle it. You know, it's it's funny you say this. We were on vacation and my husband and I just wanted to go out alone. The kids, I, they could not handle it. And they're mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And it's like, mommy and daddy need to connect just the way sometimes you need just one-on-one time with mommy or you need one-on-one time with daddy. We need one-on-one time with each other, right? So it is, it's, they will learn. And now they're like, oh, are you going on a date? Like it's cute, but yeah, it's important. And it's important to be able to say that to them because you're right. They do get it. Yeah, they get it. And I, I'm always thinking about what do I want to model? What do I want the parents that I work with to model to our kids? I don't want to model guilt. I also don't want to model rage all the time, but I do want to model humanity. I want to model the fact that it's okay that sometimes you have that inner conflict, that that is like part of being a human and yes. part of navigating a world where systemic forces are literally in opposition to us for us to have an integrated work-life situation. So I'm hoping that that kind of fires things up for my kids and helps them like I am to be on a mission to make it 
better for them and for their kids and for their kids after them. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, for me, I think it's good for us, our our kids to see us wearing multiple hats and sing because, you know, I, I especially see this with my older one, this need to be perfect, perfect basketball player, the perfect mathematician, the perfect. And by showing that sometimes like, oh my gosh, I, I forgot about this. Or, you know, it shows that like, it's human. I don't want to be perfect for my children and and Mm -hmm. have a routine because I don't want that pressure on them. They want to be just like us, right? At this age. Yeah. At least they want so. (laughs) Yeah. No, they totally do. In another five years, they're going to be like, I don't want to be anything like you. I'm already purposely (laughs) embarrassing my kids so that, you know, like (laughs) it's coming early, but no, I agree. And it sounds to me, bringing it back to ma'am, like you're doing that in your workplace as well as a leader, that the trust is the word that keeps on coming to my mind. And then that authenticity that people are allowed to show up as their authentic, uh, their authentic selves, that they're able to be fully human. They're able to be a parent. They're able to be Maybe someone who loves rock climbing on the weekends, whatever. You know, what I mean? Absolutely. Yes, yes, exactly. And, you know, it's funny because I know we're talking about parenthood, but one of the things that I realized is so many organizations are like, oh, you know, for parents, you get X or maybe your kids. Well, guess what? You may not be a parent, but you may be, you may want to go to your Pilates class. You may be training for a marathon. Go do you, whatever that is, Right. Yes, exactly. It's about, I think, creating equity, right? For all of our mm-hmm. employees. Yes. It's not about equal. It's not about every single thing being the same for yeah. every single employee. It's about making it work for employees so that they can come to work as their best selves. They can do the work yeah. as their best selves. Precisely. I love it. Thank you, Sandy, yeah. so much Thank for you. to our audience. I know that especially working moms are going to glean so much from this and having a shining example of someone who is doing her best and integrating and leading and also fully human is so valuable and powerful to our audience. Will you tell people again where they can find out more about ma'am and more about you? Yes, mambaby.com. My handle on IG, although I'm like awful at it, is Sandy Abdullah. But you can see all our latest products. Follow us on Instagram. We have some really useful materials and then obviously our website. So yes, thank you. Awesome. All right. Until next time. Hey mama, if you want more of the modern mommy doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.